After a woman leaves a briefcase at the airport terminal, a dumb limo driver and his dumb friend set out on a hilarious cross-country road trip to Aspen to return it. This is Ryan. And this is Ashley. And this is Ruining, Ruining Our, our childhood. childhood, a nostalgic weekly podcast where a married couple rewatches and reviews our favorite 90s and 2000 movies to decide if they hold up to our adult standards. That is what we do here. After a week off, we're back at it. Yeah. We didn't have a poll last week because, I mean, we still haven't done <laughs> the movie. For... We don't need to get backed up on polls. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> backed up. <laughs> but we actually did record an episode we did yes uh it came out monday Mm -hmm. so i guess we could plug it uh we did a crossover episode with 88 miles per podcast Mm -hmm. it's a movie podcast where they basically discuss great movies or movies they love and they don't necessarily shit on them as much as we shit on movies no uh we even talked about it in the episode how Mm -hmm. That was probably their most negative episode yeah. ever. Yeah, we managed to bring that side of uh, Santos and Freddy out. Is us uh, crapping on a movie, and they're like, "Yeah, this is a terrible movie. Let's yeah. crap on it." Uh, spoiler alert: um, <laughs> We did Evolution, mm-hmm. and it was a fun time. It was a very good time. Yeah, yeah, so definitely check out their podcast as well. They've done a lot of great movies uh, over the summer. They've ha- done a couple of themed months like they they did did jim Jim carrey Carrey. month Mm -hmm. and they did uh robin williams month for sure and they're they're hilarious yes so check them out i was gonna say don't just go listen to the evolution one go listen to some of the other ones because they are funny as hell and i really enjoyed their crossover episode that they did uh this whole month they're doing crossover episodes with different podcasts and Mm -hmm. they did one with lore school which is another podcast and they talked about willow and mm-hmm. it was really 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 funny yeah and i haven't finished the matrix episode yet but and the... i'm actually i'm gonna give you a hot take we both recently did mrs doubtfire <laughs> yes. and their episode's funnier than ours you should listen to that <gasps> I, it's a hot take it's a hot take it is pretty funny as I say, and as... we did come to the same conclusions on some things yeah. which is crazy because me and you were just discussing this like two weeks ago that we listen to a lot of movie podcasts, or and I try to listen to some, especially people that uh, I'm friends with on social media. Mm-hmm. And it seems like even if we're doing the same movie, we do have different takes. Yeah. Go figure. Mm-hmm. Or we see things, and like me and you will focus on something, and then if I listen to another podcast that does the same movie, they're totally focused on totally different things. Yeah. Uh, it was just funny when I was listening to the Mrs. Doubtfire episode last week, and... We talked about the exact same thing about how how did Sally Field's character not recognize her husband's voices? <laughs> yes. Definitely check out our Evolution episode with them, crossover episode on over on their podcast. Mm-hmm. Again, that's 88 miles per podcast. Yes. And throw them a subscribe as well. Yes. Yeah. you will enjoy the podcast. So this week mm-hmm. we're doing the, I don't even check the 1994. Show. 1994 classic. Dumb and Dumber, another Jim Carrey classic Mm -hmm. made by the Farley Brothers. Mm -hmm. 
Go ahead and travel down memory road and hit us with some 1994 facts. Yes. This movie was released on December 16th of 1994, also known as my mama's birthday. Yes. Not that she was born in 1994. She's so young. Yeah. And also my aunt and uncle's wedding anniversary. Yeah. So it's a day with uh, significance for us. It had a budget of $17 million and made $247 million. Jim Carrey had himself quite the 1994 because he started with Ace Ventura, did the mask, and this. That's an understatement. Yeah. So also we should note that this movie produced an animated series. It made, there was a prequel that did not have Jim Carrey and Jeff Daniels in it. That came out in 2003. And then it had a sequel that did have Jim Carrey and Jeff Daniels, and that came out in 2014. Really? Yeah. Why did I think that movie came out like two years ago? Uh, came out on November 14th, 2014. Fun fact, me and Ryan have never seen this sequel. Uh, I've seen the unfortunate prequel. I saw it in high school. Mm-hmm. But I remember we were going to watch Dumb and Dumber. Yes. We were going to go watch the sequel. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why we never did. We kept putting it off or something. And exactly. then we just never watched it. So we're going to be watching that at some point. Okay. <laughs> Not for the podcast, just for our enjoyment. <laughs> I hope there's somebody like, you call yourselves movie buffs. Not only movie buffs, but it has been stated on here many a times, I idolized Jim Carrey yeah. as a child. So. And you love this movie. Yes. Back to our 1994 facts. Sure, go ahead. uh, Some popular TV shows from 1994 were Seinfeld, ER, and Home Improvement. And also, Grace Under Fire was the number four show of that year. What? No. So we're going to go ahead and just leave that out there. And that applies to one person. Popular songs? The Wow. From August 27th of 1994 to December 2nd, it was Boys to Men, I'll Make Love to You. And then on December 3rd, Boys to Men, Unbended Knee became the number one song. So 1994 was also a good year for Boys, Boys to, to Men. Men. So that uh, Unbended Knee was the number one song the week the movie came out. And another popular song was In Camo's Here Come the Hopstepper. I'm going to have to search that one. Once you hear it, you'll be like, okay, I remember it. Was it like a reggae sound? It's a little bit of a reggae hip hop song. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Then I might know. I was going to say. I'm still going to look it up. Popular movies. <laughs> Forrest Gump, The Lion King, and True Lies. Also, this was the number six movie for the year. Oh, nice. Yeah. You did that one time. I think it was... Uh, I can't remember which one it was, but it was one of the ones I have episode notes for where we got sidetracked when we were talking about music and then you never said the <laughs> hit movies. <laughs> I'm like, oh, well. <laughs> we um, Dumb and Dumber. What are your earliest memories from this movie? So I want to say when I saw Ace Ventura, they showed you a preview for The Mask. Okay. So I was like, isn't that the guy that's in this movie? Oh, went and saw The Mask. I want to say when I saw The Mask, they showed you a preview for Dumb and Dumber. Okay. And by that point, Jim Carrey was the bee's knees to this guy. (laughs) So I know I saw it in theaters. I know my mom took me to go see it. I want to say there was a good time period where I saw every one of his movies in theaters from Mm -hmm. like ace ventura to probably yes man okay i think the only one i missed was the cable guy so and you're not missing much there there if you I can go remember correctly but i loved this movie i thought it was hilarious my mom worked at a drugstore uh-huh. she was worked at a pharmacy and they had movies that you could rent they had the dumb and dumber poster 
like up on the wall and when they were done with it they actually gave it to my mom so i had that dumb and dumber poster on my bedroom wall till i was like 20 is it still there next to the kira knightley one no (laughs) no it's not there anymore i think it got replaced by fight club Oh, man, I just realized we just recorded, spoiler alert, we Mm -hmm. have a Ruiners Club exclusive minisode coming out this Friday. Yes. Hopefully. (laughs) And it just depends on if I have time to edit it. I was going to say. And we did Pirates of the Caribbean. Mm -hmm. And... I did. I forgot to mention that. Yeah. We we didn't talk about the fact that you had a Kira Knightley poster on your wall. Kira Knightley. Was it from Arthur? Or no, was it from... No, it was from Pirates of the Caribbean. Okay. I was just thinking of... I have never seen King Arthur. King Arthur is what yeah. I would say, yeah. yeah. Never saw that. I think I saw it once. Because mm. I did like Kira Knightley. Yeah. Um, obviously, I did. <laughs> I still like her. She's a very good actress. Yes, she is. Uh, my memory is hazy. <laughs> Were <laughs> you high when you saw it? <laughs> no. I at was eight years old. Eight, eight years old. I, I do remember watching it at home. I feel like it was on like USA or something. So it was an edited version. The only thing I can really remember from it is them dressed up in the suits, mm-hmm. like the Willy Wonka type suits. Yes. That's the only way I can explain it. And honestly, reading the summary today, mm-hmm. I was like, that's what this movie is about. Because <laughs> it's been such a long time. <laughs> and I remember the one lady from Picket Fences was in it. Was that Lauren Holly? Yeah. Okay. I think she's on Picket Fences. I don't know. I never watched Picket Fences. Picket Fences. <laughs> Picket. Picket. Picket things. Yeah, picket things. It's it's picket fences and stranger, stranger things, things. merged. Now that's something I would watch. Um, it's a bunch of middle-aged white women playing Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> <laughs> I got you with that one. Uh, that was good. Uh, um, but I do again. I do remember watching the prequel. It had our boy in it though. Uh. Eric Christian Olsen? Yeah. Yes. Uh, we just love him com- from Community, of From course. Community, yep. He plays Vaughn. Mm-hmm. He has tiny nipples. He has tiny nipples. They're so tiny. <laughs> That's my impression of Shirley mentioning it. Yeah. I think it's funny that we've managed to make two or three references to this crappy prequel that one of us never saw. And by the way, I boycotted that. I was like, I will never watch that piece of crap. I remember watching it at a sleepover. <sighs> and I would have got up and went home. And then I was like, well, Shia LaBeouf's in it. Like, he has a small part in it. Mm-hmm. I don't know who the who the guy was that played the Jim Carrey part. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, uh, well, isn't Eric Christian Olsen the one that plays the Jim Carrey part? Oh, okay. The person that plays the other guy. The Jeff Harry, Daniels part. Harry. Yeah. Jim Carrey's Lloyd. Lloyd Christmas. Okay. <laughs> I, I do remember there was these two kids on my baseball team like the year after this came out and i remember my brother would call him lloyd and harry because they would just make boneheaded plays oh. <laughs> so he i was like well they're dumb and they had like bad bowl cuts mm. so he's always and the one had blonde hair and then <laughs> the one had brown hair he's like were, were they friends i mean in the sense that we're all on the same baseball team oh, okay but <laughs> you always call him lloyd and harry jeez yeah I remember my brother loved this movie, though. I, I just, yeah, I don't honestly, it's like I remember things from it, mm-hmm. like the stupid stuff that they do, but yeah. I didn't remember the plot at all. So I haven't seen this probably since 1995. Wow. Yeah. I saw it quite a bit growing up. I watched it a lot. I bet. And I remember quoting it a lot. I quoted all of his movies. <laughs> yeah. But 
it's not even funny lines that we would quote to each other. I remember when I worked at Walmart when I was like 17, me and the one guy in the pharmacy would always just go, big gulps, eh? Eh. That's all we would do. <laughs> you do that eh. yeah. all the time. Now you know where it comes from. Uh, good times. So, do you think this 1994 classic, because I don't think I did that, mm-hmm. holds up? I'm going to say yeah. Okay. Well, I know I'm going to laugh. I can't imagine me watching this movie, having it made the impression that it made on me as a child and laughing my butt off as much as I did and then watching it now and just being like, nope, it's not funny anymore. I'm sure there's going to be a couple parts that don't age well. Yeah. Because I feel like any movie made in the 90s, like they weren't as uh, politically conscious or politically correct consciousness Mm -hmm. about what they're saying and how this will age in 20 years or 25 years. So I think there's going to be some cringiness, but I think it's going to be really funny and I'm going to laugh my butt off and enjoy it. Okay. I am going to agree because (laughs) I literally have no recollection of this movie, apparently. I'm just blown away by that. (laughs) And I I think the reason I'm going to agree is just because I feel like this is a beloved movie Mm -hmm. and I can't, having rewatched so many movies for this podcast... I think the ones that are really beloved that people uh, that are still like a cult classic, they hold up for a reason mm-hmm. and like kind of like Wayne's World say, you know, like some of this stuff was dated, but all the jokes were still really hilarious and everything was still really funny and it's a great movie. So I think it's going to be in that same sense. I'm hoping. Fingers crossed. So, yes, I agree. I think you bring up a good point. It's a movie that's held in high regards. People, especially in our age group and maybe people that are a little bit older, they hold Jim Carrey mid-90 comedies in high regard. And Jim Carrey's probably not... It hasn't done as much work the last 15 years. Yeah. I know he did like a TV show, but he's not not knocking out three movies a year like he was at this point. And people still... That sounds exhausting. (laughs) I feel like people still wish he would go back to making comedies like this yeah so i'm very hopeful it's gonna be funny awesome where can you stream this movie you can stream it on the newer app hbo max Ooh. and that's it i mean you can buy it and rent it Mm -hmm. on a lot of the the platforms surprisingly not everything because usually you can buy and rent movies on like youtube Mm -hmm. they they have the same thing that everybody has like amazon prime and stuff but they're not listed. So you can buy it on Amazon, Vudu, Vandango, Apple TV. Okay. Did I say Vandango? Weird? You said Vandango. Fandango. We're looking for a little Fondango. Fondango. All right. So I think it's, it's Fandango, but I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's, uh, it's around. Yeah. It exists. Yeah. But can you find the prequel? I don't know. Yeah, you can find it on the 99 cent bin <laughs> where it belongs. I can't believe you've never seen it, though. I I get it. I have standards, and that movie can go right to hell where it belongs. I don't even... I can't even find it on the Just Watch. Let's keep it that way. Oh, here it is. Ugh. When Harry Met Lloyd. Ugh. It had Luis Guzman in it. Eugene Levy. Okay, I love Luis Guzman, and I do like Eugene Levy, but that is not going to convince me to watch this movie. Okay. You tried to do that to me. Ashley tried to get me to watch Magic Mike 
by going, it has Kevin Nash in it, Ryan. And I was like, I like Kevin Nash as much as an ex-pro wrestling fan. It was a Not very enough dark to watch movie. Magic Mike. Like, it had a plot. It wasn't just guys. I know it did. I know, like, it had, it was well received. Yeah. But I'm like, I don't want to watch it just because Kevin Nash is in it. I'm sorry, your masculinity is so fragile because you can't see guys with their shirts off and maybe a couple penises. Uh- <laughs> but you do get to see Olivia Munn naked, so... That was another selling point <laughs> you gave me. <laughs> uh, good times. Anyway. We're going to go ahead and hit the... Pausey pause. And go watch Dumb and Dumber. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. And we're back. We just finished watching Dumb and Dumber. And we're going to go ahead and break down our movie with our first category. Well, hello there. Well, hello there. Where we talk about any cameos of famous or recognizable actors or actresses that we forgot were in the movie. And there was some. There were. Yeah. For sure. Who was the first person you saw? We talked about the leads in this movie, Mm -hmm. mostly about Jim Carrey, but the second lead is Jeff Daniels. Yes. Who plays Harry Dunn. Which I think I should point out in the first half of the episode, I called him Harry Doyle. Oh, did you? Yeah, and Harry Doyle is Bob Euchre's character in Major League. Oh, okay. So that's, it's Harry Dunn. I was like, somebody might have caught it. Who knows? I don't recollect. (laughs) And Jeff Daniels is from a lot of things. He's Uh a very well-established actor. Yes. He was in the newsroom. Yes. What else was he in, Ryan? Um, (laughs) Was it The Lookout, the movie with uh, Jogo? Oh, yeah, maybe. That was a good one. Yeah. Uh, Arachnophobia, I believe, is okay. the big one okay. from my childhood. This was the first movie I think I ever saw him with. I think I might I have seen Arachnophobia when I was a kid before this, but this is what I knew him from. And it blows me away that he's he has great comedic timing, and he's not a comedian at all. He's just he's he's a great actor. Well, I think there's definitely actors and actresses that can do everything. They're just good at everything. Mm-hmm. It's like the people that are really good at hosting saturday night live yeah you realize john ham yeah Yeah. you realize like oh they're they're just good at everything yeah and uh another one that we watched very recently that he was in was pleasantville oh yeah he was the uh diner owner yeah it's a great movie yeah he's a i think such a underrated actor and i everything i've ever seen him in i've really enjoyed but i have not seen him in a lot of things yeah i really enjoyed the newsroom yes that was a really good show I thought he was really good in it, so. Um, who was your first person? My first one was Lauren Holly, who we did mention uh, prior. She was on Picket Fences. Yeah. Uh, she plays Mary Swanson, or Swappy, Slappy, Samsonite. <laughs> um, and the other thing I remember her from was that movie Down Periscope with Kelsey Grammer. Okay, I don't she, know what that is. It was a comedy that came out probably just a couple years after this he was Mm -hmm. like an admiral in the navy and he they're trying to get rid of him so they give him this real crappy old submarine and he has to try to beat like the well-established good admiral in like a navy games type of thing oh that sounds familiar now that you say it it was good it was a funny movie i liked it when i was a kid i don't Mm -hmm. know that it's still good (laughs) but yeah my next one was Karen Duffy, mm-hmm. who plays J.P. Shea, I guess. Mm-hmm. She's one of the villains that are chasing after uh, Harry and Lloyd. And she was from Blank Check. That's pretty much the only thing I recognized her from. 
Which, ironically, in Blank Check, her character name was Shay Stanley. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was the only movie, but... I think she was a VJ on oh. MTV. Okay. Too, but that's the main thing I remember her from was Blank Check. Yeah. I always liked that movie, too, when I was a kid. I'm surprised we've never done it for the podcast, but I feel like we watched it, like, two years ago, because it was on, like, Hulu or something. Yeah. Because I love that movie, too. I mean, oh. a kid can buy his own mansion. That was the dream. Yeah. That was a... The limo driver in that movie, I always thought was the guy from Drop Dead Fred. Without having really seen Drop Dead Fred, I th- I thought they looked alike. I just going like off the of the main like Drop Dead Fred. Yeah, going off of the box art, I thought it was the same guy when I was a kid. They look nothing alike. <laughs> I'm just telling you, when I was a kid, I was weird. Uh, uh, okay, interesting. Uh, my next one was Mike Starr. Yes. He plays Joe Mental, I think is his nickname. I don't know what his last name was, but Mental was his nickname. It was an Italian name. Ah. He was in Goodfellas. He was in a lot of movies where he played a mobster. Yeah. Uh, most recently, the thing that I remember him from was he was in Kill the Irishman. Oh, okay. So. I looked at his IMBD and I saw that he was on an episode of Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt Ooh. and uh, quite a few episodes of Chicago Fire. Mm, I know we watched Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. I don't know that I remember him jumping out at me. It was one episode. It might have not have been like a big part yeah. or anything, but mm-hmm. my next one is Connie Sawyer, who plays the elderly woman who robs Lloyd. Mm-hmm. At the beginning of the movie, and she's been in a lot of things, mostly playing like old lady, old lady number two. Uh-huh. But she was in an episode of New Girl. I can't remember. I should have wrote down the episode because you probably remember. And she was also in When Harry Met Sally. She was one of the couples, like at the beginning of the movie, they're talking about what makes relationships last and stuff and Uh she was like a couple and she's been in so many shows no kidding yeah just like bit parts but that's crazy that she was on like because that is one that i for sure know what you're talking about is when harry met sally yeah those little interviews at the beginning and i thought she looked like is it estelle from the golden girls estelle getty yeah Mm. i thought she kind of looks very similar to her and i was like maybe i'm mistaking her for her and I looked her up, and I'm like, no, she's been in a bunch of things. Hmm. She's passed away now, but oh. I think. Did I, I always... just make that up? <laughs> it would Makes it would make sense. sense, because she was elderly when this was made, and it came out 26 years ago. Yeah. So. But she was in an episode of New Girl, so. But so was the rap and granny from Wedding Singer, and she lived to be 103. She was like 98 when she was on New Girl. That's true. I'm going to just insane. look real quick. I don't want to say somebody's dead when they're not dead. Yeah, that's... Yeah, she passed away in January 2018 at the age of 105. Holy crap. Yeah. Wow. Um, who is your next one? My next one is Cam Neely. You probably have no clue who Cam Neely is. Mm-mm. He was a professional hockey player. He played for the Vancouver Canucks and the Boston Bruins, and he plays Seabass. Oh, yeah. Seabass. Yeah. Seabass is going to buy you lunch over there. Yeah. And I even did the point to me like I'm Seabass. <laughs> My next one was Harlan Williams has a cameo. And I guess that this is actually his film debut. Really? Yeah. And he's from Rocketman, Half-Baked, Employee of the Month. Mm-hmm. Those are the movies I know him from. I had another one. He's in Down Periscope. Oh. Because <laughs> I mentioned it earlier. I was like, I just thought of a movie he was in. I always 
loved Harlan Williams growing yeah. up. Rocket Man is a that might be one we might have to do for the podcast. It was a a first date movie for me Ooh. in sixth grade. Ooh. Yeah, I held hands. Uh oh. <laughs> Did you slow it down, Ashley? <laughs> uh. Yeah, and he had a f- slightly funny cameo. Not slightly, yeah. it's funny. As I said, it's a good, ca- good yeah. cameo. Uh, my next one is Charles Rocket. Okay. He plays Nicholas Andre in this movie. Uh, I had to remind Ashley where she knew him from. I know. He is the dad in Hocus Pocus. Yes. And he was also on Saturday Night Live in the mid, I believe, 80s. And he was the weekend update anchor. Guy. Yeah, got himself fired. You were telling me that. Yeah. I didn't know that until yeah. you told me. Mm-hmm. My next one is Terry Gar. Mm-hmm. She plays Helen's... She plays Helen, Mary's <laughs> stepmother. I was... My notes did not make sense for a second. And she's from Young Frankenstein. Okay. Uh, she plays Inga. Okay. It's like a main part in mm-hmm. Young Frankenstein. Uh, and she was in Tootsie. But I recognized her from Young Frankenstein. I have never seen Young Frankenstein. Oh. Yeah. Hmm. I've heard of it. Hmm. Mel Brooks? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Ryan. Uh, my next one is a, a cameo by the directors. The Fairley brothers play yes. waiters at a restaurant in Lloyd's kind of daydream that he has when he's driving and when he's kind of going on dates with Mary and stuff. Yeah, it's yeah. a very, very long daydream. Yes, yes, a very long one. But uh, Jim Carrey gets to beat them up. Yeah. And they recently won Academy Awards, which is crazy to think that the guys who made this movie are Academy Award winners. Yeah. The next one I saw was Zen Gesner. He plays a detective uh, that was investigating Joe's death at that restaurant, Dante's Inferno. Mm-hmm. And he was in Fever Pitch. Uh, he played one of the husbands okay. of the group of ladies of like Drew Barrymore's friends. Uh-huh. And he was also in The Ringer and also what appears to be a very bad 90s adventures of Sinbad, where he played... Sinbad. Wow. He's very white. Yes, he is. But he's, a uh, fun fact, he's married to the Farley brother's sister. Well, now we know how he got in this movie. <laughs> I When he came on screen, I was like, that guy looks really familiar. Yeah. And the minute you said fever pitch, I was like, okay, Which I definitely can place him now. Is a movie we did for the podcast yeah. in February. Available in the archives. Yeah. Yeah. Or just on our feed. Yeah. People are going to be like, where are these archives you're talking the about? The archived episodes previous episodes <laughs> i have just one more oh sure and it is mike watkiss who is an actual news reporter he is the reporter on the clip from a current affair uh-huh. that they play where they're talking about how these jerks sold a blind kid a dead parrot <laughs> and mike watkiss it was a news reporter at one of our local tv stations for i don't the whole time i've lived here oh nice yeah I vaguely remembered him. He always did the wildfire coverage, oh. it seemed like. I, I did have one more. It's Fred Stoller. He played the anxious man at the phone booth mm-hmm. that Joe headbutts through the door. Uh-huh. I can't figure out where I'm remembering him from, but he's literally been in so many things. But he was on Sabrina the Teenage Witch and just a bunch of shows, but I was... I need to like sit here and look at his IMVD because I'm like, there's something I remember where he was like really, really um, monotone. Yeah. And he's just He's almost like a Ben Stein type. Yeah. I'm glad you could find his name because I couldn't figure out who he was 
and I now want to look it up. I don't know if maybe it's just I know him from this. No, he was, he's on, like, his IMBD is crazy long. Okay. But, yeah, I cannot figure it out. I'm like, I'm going to find it, you know, after we stop recording. Mm -hmm. I'll look through his IMBD. But that's all I had. Okay. There's, yeah, a good amount. Yeah. Not too, too many, but not too, too little. So we'll move on to kids would call it a throwback. We called the prime of our teens or the category I couldn't remember the name of when we did our crossover episode with 88 miles per hour <laughs> podcast. Yeah. I was like, uh. That is funny. I always have notes in front yeah. of me so I can kind of see it. And then I'm like, I know how to say it. I've said it a thousand times, but. I was proud of myself for remembering like our the awards. exact namers for our awards because yeah. i was like ah i always read it yeah. so luckily i actually remembered it yeah because i have a terrible memory yeah you do yeah but anyway this category we talk about fashion and dated references and offensive jokes and there were some yes there was uh let's talk about the fashion first ease into it if yes. you will i think the first thing you notice and i i even remember is jim carrey's haircut Yes. It is a real bad, like, bowl cut. But then also, it shouldn't be understated how bad Harry's haircut His, is. It's like, it's funny to me because Lloyd's haircut is bad, but every time Harry was on screen, I just wanted to, like, can I just brush your hair back? Can yeah. I? It's like, it bothered me how disheveled it was. Mm-hmm. But I did like the scene where they're getting, where they realize the money is in that suitcase and they start blowing it, basically. And they're getting makeovers, mm-hmm. and their hair looks all nice. And then they, like, look at each other, and then they just... Immediately fix t- it. Change it back. Especially yeah. uh, Jim Carrey's. It was, like, nice and quaffed up a little. Yeah. I'm like, he looks really handsome. And then he's like, nope, gotta like, get back down. Let's get rid of that. I put this into the fashion choices, but Seabass, the trucker, <laughs> when they when he's first walking over to them, because Harry throws a whole salt, salt bottle over his shoulder and hits their table... He's wearing a Wynum Dynamon 69 tr- trucker hat, mm-hmm. which is just amazing. That would go in that uh, category of things that I had no clue what that meant when I was 10 years old <laughs> and I saw this movie. I don't know if I would understand it at all. Like, what's Wynum mean? Yeah. What's Dynam mean? What's 69 What's Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, my next one is, you kind of mentioned it with... Connie Sawyer robbing Mm -hmm. Jim Carrey. The cowboy hat (laughs) that he is wearing, because he went to the convenience store to get the essentials because they don't have any money. By the way, the essentials was beer. And he comes out with a case of beer. He has a plastic pinwheel. This cowboy hat that's about three feet high. What makes it funny is that Harry is like, just, we don't have a lot of money, just get the essentials. He's like, who do you think I am? <laughs> and literally cut to him walking down the street. And he stops to buy, it wasn't a newspaper, I realized. He's buying Rhode Island Sluts Magazine. Yeah. Yeah. Which, did porn magazines used to have like boxes like that? I don't know. Because I'm thinking, how do they prevent a child from buying that? Right? Your dad's like, hey, take 50 cents and go to the corner and get the newspaper. He comes back with Rhode Island sluts and his dad's he can't like, read. good job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, the only other thing I really had in this category was that 
the villains, JP and Joe, mm-hmm. have the shittiest pleather coats. Yes, they do. It's like they got it out of Villains Magazine, <laughs> Henchman <laughs> Weekly. Yeah. <laughs> In the back, they have a catalog. And they're yeah. like, yeah, get this crappy pleather jacket. It's thirty nine ninety nine. Yeah. Make sure uh, it's oversized. Yeah. Did you have anything else? Yeah. We mentioned it briefly, and I think it's probably more iconic than anything, was the tuxedos they wear when they go to the gala. Uh, gala, And they have top hats and canes. Yes. And they ham it up. And I think, I know for sure there was kids that I went to prom with, well, that went to prom wearing those stupid tuxedos. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure there's probably kids still doing that. Maybe. Like, oh, look at Joey and Jimmy <laughs> wearing the Dumb and Dumber tux. And then there was some good neon uh, colored ski suits. Yeah, for sure. And lastly, the last thing I had was the scene where Harry has his tongue stuck to the pole. Right. And they kind of just pan like there's some bystanders watching. Mm-hmm. And there's a kid with a nice mullet bowl cut hybrid. Yes. That, that we both that picked my, up on. Yes. That was my naming of it. Yes. You guys didn't say Ashley named it. And he was also wearing a Michigan sweater. So that kid's just trash. I'm from Ohio. We don't like Michigan. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful bowl cut. Yeah. Mullet. It was a good one. It was amazing. Uh, did you want to move on to offensive jokes or dated references? Yes, I would like to. oh i'm totally leaving that Uh, i hope you do so i think surprisingly there wasn't tons of super offensive jokes but there was definitely a lot of like underlaying of being homophobic Mm -hmm. and just the whole scene in the gas station bathroom yeah super dark i thought because even if you take out of the equation that, uh, like, that Harry doesn't want to have sex with the, the it, it ends up being sea bass. Lloyd. He was super rapey. Yeah, Lloyd. Lloyd, sorry, yeah. I said Harry. Like, sea bass was super rapey. So yeah. I'm like, I don't know if they were insinuating that if you're in a bathroom and, yeah, stuff happened in male bathrooms, mm-hmm. like, that they would be forceful, yeah. you know? Yeah, it That's... was a really dark scene. And I did mention to you, and no, other people listening don't know this, but we watched the unrated version, yeah. and I don't remember it being that graphic when I was a kid. Like but with also, his pants down. And, yeah, yeah, it might have went over my head a little too. Yeah. But yeah, the unrated version, it was it seemed extra graphic from what I could remember. It was a very dark scene. It, it was because then and then at, after the scene, because Harry ends up saving. Uh, Lloyd mm-hmm. actually knocks out Seabass just by opening the door. And then he makes fun of like him the whole time. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, he could have been sexually assaulted in there. Yeah. He was about to get sexually assaulted. And you're like, why are you in there with a the guy with his pants down? Ha <laughs> ha, yeah. you're gay. As but a, yeah. As... It wasn't great. No. For me, the whole idea that Lloyd sells a deceased bird to a blind child for $25, that's kind of disturbing. <laughs> Yeah. But when, when he tells him it and Harry's like, Lloyd, it doesn't have a head. And he's like, Harry, I took care of it. And he I, just taped the head on. And that kid's just stroking it. <laughs> I just thought it was a real quiet bird. Uh, oh, God. Uh, uh, yeah. No, that was pretty bad. Mm-hmm. 
And the other scene I was talking about was when they're at this honeymoon hotel. Second honeymoon. Oh, second honeymoon hotel. Mm -hmm. And they're in this very tiny hot tub. It's very narrow. Yes. And things get really dark fast because he's just like, Lloyd tells Harry, I, no. Yeah, Lloyd said, told Harry that he would split him like a piece of firewood. Then you'd probably like it because you're a homo. Mm -hmm. And then they like awkwardly paused. Yeah. And then they just moved on. <laughs> oh, I think it's they awkwardly pause because then Harry starts talking about an ex-girlfriend and how she broke up with him for somebody else. And then you could just see it on Lloyd's face and he's like... He was a somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. The Did other thing... Th- just the other thing that I had in it was just a dated reference is they have a poster on their wall of Bo Derek. Oh, yeah. Which I was like, well, that's a dated reference for 1994 still. <laughs> Even. Yeah, but they were probably young. I was gonna say they were teenagers. The yeah. yeah, says the guy who had a Cure Nightly poster on the wall. <laughs> yeah. uh, I like how you raised your hand. Yep. Like people will be able to see that. Me. Um, did you have anything else? I did not. Okay, we can move on if you like. Our next category, we're going to go ahead and go make some phone calls from a payphone and talk about some technology. That's all I had, pretty much, because <laughs> the whole time they're on their adventure, Joe and Shay are falling close behind, and mm-hmm. Joe is calling Nicholas Andre. Yes. Who, I'm not, was he, I'm not quite sure, is he just a family friend, or is he, does he work for her dad, or does she, does he work with her husband? I don't know he because there? Like, he was at like their gala, so and like, he introduced her dad. Yeah, so something in family friend. Yeah, like he was like a trusted family friend. Curveball shouldn't have been trusted. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, uh, Joe would call him and give him updates, and the whole time they think these two are some sort of masterminds, which they aren't. <laughs> Go figure. It's They're a movie called Dumb and Dumber. Dumb and Dumber. The only other thing that I noticed was at the end. But before they have a shootout, Nicholas is going to flee the country. So he calls to book a flight to Amsterdam. (laughs) And I'm going like, nowadays you just get on your phone and do it yourself and be done with it. You realize how much legwork, how much easier it was like 30 or 40 years ago to probably flee the country because things weren't as electronic. Mm -hmm. They could call the airlines. Yeah. But... If they had it on paper, they couldn't trace who was buying tickets or not. I was going to say, I think of like D.B. Cooper. They yeah. like they just know an airline ticket was bought by a guy named Dan Cooper. Who knows if that was his name? And nowadays, yeah, when you go through security, you have to show your driver's license. And they're like... You have to basically give a vial of blood. Yeah. <laughs> and you have to produce a birth certificate and two forms of identification. <laughs> but yeah, it's just... it's. I always think about... When we watch like show our shows, like we'll watch Unsolved Mysteries or mm-hmm. Forensic Files, and just how like forty years ago you could so easily get away with murder. Yeah, and now it's it's just so fucking hard. It's so hard. We tried it last weekend, and it you're just sitting there going like, if I leave a hair here, they're gonna find it, and just a drop of blood, they're gonna come in and just spray spray <laughs> luminol everywhere. And it's just uh, it's too hard working. Ugh. Ryan's obviously joking. We're not murderers. Speak nor for yourself. You wouldn't be very good at <laughs> no, murdering. I'd be terrible. You'd already be in jail. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, you watch a lot of Forensic Files, but I, don't I remember ever... the specifically there was an episode of Forensic Files where these teenagers murder their like their dad, and they had watched a lot of Forensic Files, so they did. They like went they outside. Put footsteps in the yes, snow. Yes, they put footsteps yeah. in the snow that led to nowhere. They took a something to scrape the inside of the gun so it mess up the grooves on the inside of the bullets and stuff and they still figured it out yeah criminals yep. not the smartest no they're not yeah that's all i had so we can move on yes the next category is called is it even good where we talk about the plot and plot holes and we name our funniest and cringiest moments of the movie. What did you think about the plot? Are you ready for this? Yes. Not believable. I disagree. I think it was believable in the sense that these two idiots uh-huh. would literally drop everything to do to follow a beautiful woman across country to return her suitcase in hopes that she'll fall in love with them yes. and help them move up the social scale, I believe, was one <laughs> yes. of the things I said. That's I think that's the way it works is because they're so dumb. I guess when you put it like that, because I know also they both just lost their jobs. Yes. So they have nothing going for them. Right. So did they really have stuff going for them before? Well, they I'm had a kidding. plan. They were saving up money to open up I Got Worms. Oh, yeah. And so they did have a, a plan, but they had the right recipe and timing to take this adventure. Right. Where, Which happens a lot in movies. As I was gonna say, it, it is far-fetched to me, though. And if you want to move on to plot holes... Of course. We talked about earlier, they spent their last few dollars trying to buy beer and pinwheels and cowboy hats, and uh-huh. they have no money. So... Lloyd sells a dead parrot and some baseball cards and marbles to a blind kid for 25 bucks. So 25 bucks is supposed to get you from Rhode Island to Aspen and they stop and get a meal, which they did get sea bass to pay for. That's true. But you're still going to need gas and they stopped at that second honeymoon inn. 25 bucks. I know gas wasn't as much as it is now, but even if it was a buck a gallon, they're driving a van. That's probably a gas guzzler. That's true. They didn't upgrade until they got that uh mini bike in like nebraska that's that's very true you think <laughs> like that's all you keep saying is that's very true <laughs> no i agree with you yeah i like that's true that's a good point that's i didn't really true. have a lot of plot holes uh though <laughs> i think it was a little out of character so they're obviously not very smart people they traveled all the way to aspen they're at the gala Mm-hmm. and uh, Lloyd sees Mary, and Harry's like, go talk to her, and he's like, okay, and, and then he chickened out, and he's like, what if she thinks I'm a stalker? And I'm like, that's the smartest thing you've said this whole movie, <laughs> and that seems way out of character. Yeah. Because he has this, he's dumb, and he has this just, they don't really ever think about the consequences of anything that they do. Mm-mm. So the fact that he was going... What if she thinks I did travel all this way and she thinks I'm a stalker? And I was just like, that's not believable. Yeah. That's not something you would say. He'd probably been like, okay, I'm going to go talk to her because we're in love because she talked to me. <laughs> like, literally, there's a line and he's like, she actually talked to me. He's like, whoa, that's big. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> uh, I had one other one. It's not really a plot hole. It just didn't make sense. 
um, we talked about when they stop at the truck stop and Lloyd runs into Seabass. Just before they stop, they show a scene, just a brief uh, highway sign that says 25 miles to the Colorado border. Then there, you have that whole scene where they get gas and yeah. they have the incident in the bathroom. They get back out on the road and are driving again. They show a sign that says three miles to the Colorado border. And they're like, we should pull over and switch drivers. So in 22 miles, you made that decision. Yeah. Why don't you guys switch back there, you idiots? Because Harry said he didn't have the energy to start a new state. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he said. But I'm just saying, I'm like, you knew you were 25 miles from the border. Just switch back there, you idiots. It's funny to me because I feel like we're saying all these plot holes. And I think this is one of those movies where I'm like, you can just reason away that they're just idiots. Whereas in other movies... You have to go, well, no, they're really smart. They should have known this. Yeah. Whereas, like, in this movie, you're like, no, they're idiots. Of course they didn't know this. But I get what you're saying, though. I get what you're, what you're saying, too. Like, you literally can reason any plot hole in this movie with they're morons. Yeah. So, okay. Did you have anything else, or did you want to let me know what your funniest line or moment was? I will let you know what my funniest was. I had written down six. <laughs> and there's... Ones that I caught as a child, like when he pulls up to a lady at the very beginning of the movie, uh, Lloyd does, and yeah. he goes into the back of the limo and acts like he's the passenger, and he's like, that's a lovely accent you have. New Jersey? And she's like, no, Austria. And he's like, well, good day, mate. And when I was a kid, I didn't pick up that he, she doesn't say Australia. And that Austria is a totally different country <laughs> totally different that country. is not very close to Australia. But... I'll go with one that I did not get as a child, and that is they're driving and they're talking about betting, Mm -hmm. and Harry's like, I'm not a betting person, and Lloyd (laughs) goes, I bet you I can get you into gambling by the end of the day, and he goes, I bet you you can. He's like, I'll give you five to one odds. He's like, no. He's like, 10 to one, and he's like, deal, and Lloyd just keeps going, "Ah, I don't know how I'm going to get you, but I'm going to get you, and Harry's like, nah, -uh, nah, -uh." (laughs) nah. It's just like... It's fucking brilliant comedy right there. Yeah, no, I I love that part. Uh, I definitely put that as one of them. Mm -hmm. I think mine was just something really simple, but it was when they were driving and Lloyd had to pee and it's after they ditch their check with Seabass at the diner Mm -hmm. and he's peeing in all these bottles and so Harry's driving, he's got all these bottles in his hands and they're speeding so the cop... Uh, Harlan Williams character tries to pull them over and he's like saying pull over and Harry's like no it's a cardigan but thank you for noticing (laughs) I love that (laughs) that actually segues perfectly into my cringiest moment okay because now that they're pulled over the the cop sees the open beer bottles and he's like why don't you give me one of I believe he's like grandma's cough medicine yeah And he takes a big swig of the pea beer and he just starts like going. (laughs) And then he's like, get out of here. And he just is throwing up on the side of the road. Yeah. I was like, that's pretty gross. I had a couple, but I think when they are in the diner and uh, Seabass walks up to them and just spits in Harry's burger. That's just, that was super gross. And Mm -hmm. then I just put like the whole bathroom scene with him. Uh, with Seabass and, and uh, Lloyd yeah. as really cringy for multiple reasons. 
there was quite a few things to choose from. There's times where I feel like I'm scraping the bottom of the barrel for a cringy moment. Yeah. But not on this movie. Not No, because there was the scene where they're riding on the motorcycle into Aspen and Harry has to pee. Yeah. And he just pee- and Lloyd's like, it's so warm. And then when they get a uh, stop in Aspen, he's like stuck to his back. Yeah. I even put when Joe kills Petey. Yeah. Because the sound and it was just gross. Yeah. And the fact that it's off screen, so you don't really know what he's doing. I just assumed that he broke the bird's neck. Mm-hmm. But then when they come home and they're like, oh, my God, Petey's dead. And he's like, his head fell off. And he's like, well, he was getting old. <laughs> God. I do have yeah. some additional notes. Go ahead. Um, Hit me with them. At the very beginning, Harry's driving his Mutt Cuts van. <laughs> yeah. And there's like a dispatch center. They're like, are, they message him on a CB radio. Like, are you almost at this blah, blah, blah? And I'm like, you're a mobile dog groomer and you guys have a dispatch center? Yeah. I thought that was interesting. I wondered because it that made it seem like he worked for a company. Mm-hmm. But then when he gets let go or like he delivers the dogs and he talks about how like that business didn't work out mm-hmm. and that he transferred his transformed his own car. So I was like, is it your business or is it a business you're working for? And they forced you to <laughs> customize your own car. Yeah, I, that's that confused me a little bit. But yeah, I just in this era that we're in to 2020, mm-hmm. like everything that the first instance that Lloyd meets Mary and it doesn't come off creepy because he's also so dumb that it comes off like he doesn't know better in a way. But it's just when he asks for a hug. Yeah. At the, and she's just doing that like, I gotta be nice. Mm-hmm. In 2020, that You're lady like, would have been like, fuck off. Nah, okay, bro. bye. Nah, bro. We're not hugging it out. I, I, I don't know you. And it's, it's inappropriate on so many levels. First of all, you're working for me, technically. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've never hugged my limo driver. You, so you have so many limo drivers. I've had a few. Yeah. A few. The part where Karen Duffy and Mental show up outside his apartment, and they're, like, knocking on the door, and they look through the people, and there's, like, one of them has a gun. And he's, like, did you pay the gas bill? And he's, like you idiot (laughs) they think it's the gas company (laughs) coming to collect they have a gun and they're gonna collect yeah uh they're they're so dumb (laughs) this movie is so appropriately named yes right i guess you could call it a plot hole but at the gala it's to save the snow owls Mm -hmm. and the snow owls are so fake looking yeah and they look like bad animatronics yeah yeah really bad Mm. so that was pretty much all i had about that but Another one that I have is Lloyd is at this bar to meet. He thinks meet Mary. Yeah. And she doesn't show up and he goes to go to the bathroom and they have a newspaper (laughs) headline on the wall. It's like the front page of the newspaper and it's from when we landed on the moon. Yeah. And his reaction, he just stops and he's like, no way. And he opens the bathroom door and he just yells out, we landed on the moon. Yeah. (laughs) I, I think I read that in the trivia that that was an ad lib. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. It was delightful. It, it was. Yeah. <laughs> I did like the scene. And this is what was confusing. And I guess it could be a plot hole too. But we, the beginning of the scene where you figure out why there was a suitcase in the first place. And 
it's for ransom. Mm-hmm. And they probably said it, and maybe I wasn't paying attention, but it was for Mary's husband, mm-hmm. and we couldn't remember. Yeah. So, but we thought it was weird that she kind of went on like a date with Harry, yeah, like to go skiing, and it was like a friendly thing. It wasn't romantic so much, but I guess it could have been romantic. Mm-hmm. Because there was some like there was some flirting there. There was some flirting, especially when they were uh, having a snowball fight. Yeah, and it got a little too aggressive. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was that was confusing to me because she's married. Yeah, or did she think her husband was probably going to be dead soon? I don't know. But you're not moving on that quick. I would hope. That's I don't true. Know. Sally Field over there, Mrs. Doubtfire, was ready <laughs> to move on to Pierce Brosnan pretty quickly. That's very true. Do you have any other ones? I mean, there's just a lot of jokes that I've heard you repeat. Yes. That I realized, oh, yeah, that's from this. Yeah. You've obviously seen this movie a lot more than I have. When he was like, Samsonite, I was way off. And you were like, that's where that's from. Yeah. (laughs) And I knew that. So you're telling me there's a chance it's from this movie. Yes. There's ones I know, but some of them, like, especially because you... uh, you mentioned it before, and in our Heavy was a episode, you talk about how you and your brother would replay that random part yeah. in Heavyweights. We recreated it. Yeah, yeah so you're you're known to do that. You mm-hmm. pick little parts that are funny, but they're maybe not like the most quotable lines, and you quote them. Yeah, there's just stuff. Like when we were watching uh, for our... Runners Club episode, we were watching Pirates of the Caribbean, and there's just random lines that resonate with you, and you remember it, and you're like, it's not an important line at <laughs> all, but I remember it. Yeah. But we're going to go ahead and move on and hand out some awards. Yeah. As always, on Ruining Our Childhood, it is award season. We give out two awards every week, the first of which is a valedictorian to the Nicolas Cage Online School of Bad Acting. Whom did you give your award to? I liked most of the cast, so I had a hard time picking, but I actually picked Mike Starr. Okay. Because I just felt like he was doing like a generic gangster impression, which I get he probably gets typecast a lot because Mm -hmm. he is a a larger Italian type man. Yes. But I just felt like he kind of phoned it in and... I thought he... I didn't think he was bad. Yeah. And I thought he was really good in the scene where he dies. Yeah, that was And bad. he's supposed to have, you know, eaten this really hot pepper and he has an ulcer. <laughs> and the facial expressions he was making and mm-hmm. the shaking he was doing, I was like, wow, that way to bring it, bro. Yeah, that's true. But I also agree with you that it was... I, I thought everyone did a pretty good job. I gave mine to Lauren Holly. Okay. Really, the only reason that I gave it to her is the last scene where they're... Not the last scene of the movie, but towards the end where they have a shootout. She doesn't know that Harry has a bulletproof vest on. And Harry, by all accounts, it looks like just got shot. And I don't think her reaction matched, I just watched someone get murdered. Like, she's who Who I was friendly with. Yeah. She's a little upset but she's also not that scared whereas jim carrey is freaking out and bawling his eyes out because i know it is his best friend even if i don't know you i just watch you get shot i'm gonna be a little freaked out i mean it's just traumatizing for you yeah as a person so yeah no i that's a good reason but i I did feel like i was being a little nitpicky because i don't think she was even that bad in the movie i thought it was for a, a kind of a slapsticky comedy movie really good acting i totally first of all again probably saw this movie once Mm -hmm. 20 years ago Mm -hmm. 
I always assumed that they got the girl in the end because that's how all of those movies play out. Yes. And in this one, I mean, we've seen movies on our podcast where some of the characters are almost just as dumb as these characters and they get the girl. Yep. And so, I mean, honestly, it, it kind of gave it more realism that they were never going to get the girl because she's married. <laughs> and they don't even get a happy ending. No. I get the... Yes, uh. they get... <laughs> but well i'm saying like they're walking home yeah they're alive they're alive i guess that is the happy ending for the yeah. two of them they could have gotten killed yeah do you want to hit the next award mm-hmm. the next award is the thomas j hanks award for exceptional acting who did you give yours to i bet you if i gave you three guesses you'd get it jim carrey as lloyd christmas not only do i feel like he has all the funniest parts um and that's not to say Jeff Daniels doesn't isn't funny and a good actor because we talked about how we like him a lot. But I also like the scenes where he gets a little more serious. They try to cheese it up a little bit with some of the music they're playing during some of these scenes. But specifically at the beginning where he's like he wants to go to Colorado to try to start over. I forget what the line he says about like basically he wants his life. He's sick of not mattering and yeah. not he wants to like have his life mean something to or something to that effect and i thought he does a really good job of delivering the attempts at a serious moment in yeah. this movie and i thought he i thought he was really good no i agree with that uh, especially in that scene because i was like this this is the scene you should know like he was actually like a legit actor and yeah. i know throughout his career he's done some like more indie picks and dramas mm-hmm. and stuff and he's always been well received yes so, but I'm like, at this point, he's basically known as the funny pet detective, the mask. But the, yeah, this, that scene, it was, I mean, they played it up after when he just started wailing even bigger yeah. and bigger, but which was funny. <laughs> yes. I actually gave mine to Jeff Daniels. I feel like Lloyd's jokes were a little, well, probably the funnier ones, especially when you're a kid, mm-hmm. they were a little cheesier where I felt like Jeff Daniels jokes like kind of flew under the radar sometimes. Uh-huh. And they, he had me cracking up a lot too. Oh, yeah. And I figured you were going to give it to Jim Carrey anyway. I figured. Um, but to be honest with you, it's like you have to give it to both of them because I think the chemistry is there between them. Mm-hmm. It'd be hard to see uh, this movie without yeah, one of them. Exactly. Like just the s- simple things like when they're in the hot tub and he's talking about the girl that broke up with him and he's like, she said I wasn't a good listener or something. I wasn't really paying attention. Like, <laughs> and then, uh, and then when he's hitting on the girl at the gas station who ends up being an FBI agent that's following them, mm-hmm. she doesn't even have a name. I, it annoys me that they don't give these people names sometimes. Yeah. Like in Lethal Weapon, they never give, um, what's her face the name? The one that was from the Goonies? Oh, uh, Mary Ellen Trainer. Yeah, like in the first movie, yeah. she just police psychiatrist yes and it's a person that has like you said the fbi agent in this movie multiple lines yeah we're not talking they had a they're standing in the background i'm pretty sure john Cho has a character name in evolution and he doesn't oh, no, I have think a it was line just student okay and i get what you're saying he though. doesn't have a line yeah so he shouldn't have a name um but when he's at the gas station i digress and he's talking to her and she's in her car and she's like yeah i just I, I need to stay away from accident-prone guys. And he, he's like, oh, yeah? And he leans on her side mirror, and it just falls <laughs> off. And then he lights himself on fire. Uh, 
I, I don't know. Like, I just felt like his jokes were a little more subtle and uh, I liked him. He liked was, him no, he was really, really good. And if you were going to, I was going to ask you this question, but who do you think is dumb and dumber? Like, who do you think is dumber, basically? Ooh, I think Lloyd is far dumber okay. than Harry. I agree. I feel like, because if you look at Lloyd makes a wrong turn on the interstate, he goes and trades a van for a motorbike, although Harry totally approved of that decision. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I agree too, just because I feel like also Harry definitely understood consequences a little better Mm -hmm. and even would sometimes think about those consequences before they were doing something. Not always, obviously, but when he got really upset when they did, uh, backtrack four hours on the trip and then, I mean, it was very easy to, you know, get him on back on his side, but Mm -hmm. there's something else he did that I felt like. He sh- showed a little more reasoning mm-hmm. than than Lloyd has, but I think what blew me away was when I saw that Jim Carrey got paid seven million dollars yeah. for this movie because he had just come off of two very successful movies, so he was able to negotiate that. And the Fairley brothers didn't want Jeff Daniels to be in the movie, but Jim Carrey did, so they offered him fifty thousand dollars. That's insane. And this movie was insanely successful i can just say i hope he was paid much better for the sequel yeah i i did read in the trivia that he says he uses the bathroom scene his bathroom scene as his oscar clip (laughs) (laughs) are you ready to move on yeah what do you think do you think this held up to your adult standards i did i found myself laughing a lot Mm -hmm. of course we talked about it there was like homophobia not it wasn't so much no and it wasn't like that overly masculine homophobic type jokes that you would see in a lot of movies especially around this time Mm -hmm. but it was still there yes and that definitely dates it but i think most of the jokes were really funny they were mostly at the expense of themselves so and and like you said there were some jokes that were so like clever that when you're a kid you didn't realize Mm -mm. what it meant yeah it was a very enjoyable movie, and I do understand why it's such a cult classic to people. Yeah. You know? I, I totally agree. I think it, even having seen this movie probably, like I said, maybe 30 times in my life, I still was laughing my butt yeah. off at it. There's not a lot of technology in this, so that doesn't really hurt the movie. I did feel like there was a lot of interesting clothing choices, <laughs> but, I mean, that's to be expected. It's 26 years ago. There's yeah. going to be some and interesting. and they're dumb. Movie. But it, like you said, it's very well written. It's smart, witty comedy in a lot of cases. And it was just really well acted. Mm-hmm. And I'm really glad that it held up. I will say, too, that I think the one thing that I was worried about mm-hmm. was in a movie called Dumb and Dumber, you would think that they would almost be exhausting. Yes. And not likable. Mm-hmm. Because there's definitely been movies that have tried to like replicate this type of this movie exactly yeah for example biodome yes very similar in the sense that you have two idiots mm-hmm. doing it, stupid were, stuff and they were exhausting they were exhausting they weren't likable no whereas and it i have to credit like the farley brothers in the sense of their writing mm-hmm. and the obviously jim carrey and jeff daniels but even when when they were doing really stupid stuff you were still like rooting for them and you were still like they're idiots but they're hilarious you know yeah 
I felt like they had good hearts for the most part. They do. Even though I mean, they're driving. They want to get this lady her briefcase back. I mean, granted, they think she's going to help them move up the social status. And the minute they open the case, they do spend pretty much all the money. But they did write. They wrote IOUs for everything, (laughs) even two hundred seventy-five thousand dollars for a Lamborghini. Hey, this is a big one. You're going to want to hold on to it. Um, uh, but I did enjoy it. And, yeah. Yeah. I will say I am always worried. This is now the third Jim Carrey movie we've done. And I am pretty sure we said Batman Forever did not hold up. But I'm always. Not and it had, him, wasn't because of yeah. him. We both thought he was really good. So I'm always worried when we do one of his movies that it's, I'm going to watch it. I haven't seen it in 20 years and I'm not going to like it. Yeah. And it's going to like slowly hurt my soul. But Ace Ventura and this both held up. I don't want to like give away our crossover episode, but it, we were talking about, you know, people that were famous mm-hmm. and you're not quite sure if they should have been famous. Yes. But I think there's definitely comedians out there that got movies, you know, TV shows that probably had no business. Pretty, Yeah. I'm like, there's better people out there, mm-hmm. but because they, I guess, were there at the right time and they knew the right people. Or they're handsome. Or they're handsome. But Jim Carrey, like, he's very talented. Mm-hmm. I don't think anybody would ever say he's not talented. He's one of those ones, I bet, if you ask Lauren Michaels if where he made mistakes as far as casting people. he, I'm sure Jim Carrey's probably the top of his list of people that auditioned and they passed on. I bet you, if you, especially if you asked him, like, in 1998 or something, in 97, yeah. he'd probably, yeah... But the, the Wayan brothers, thankfully, saw something in him and they put him on a show and really showcased him. Right. So, uh, but he's definitely a, still a favorite. Love yeah, the guy. definitely. So, yep, that was another amazing episode mm-hmm. of Ruining Our Childhood. Next week, we'll be back with another new poll. And I'm- the poll is starring, or I don't know what the term I want to use. I usually say brought to you by. Brought to you by. Thank you. <laughs> our poll next week is brought to you by another one of our favorite actors, Mr. Bradley Pitt. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Who is your pick? I picked the 2004, I believe, classic Mr. and Mrs. Smith. That is your pick. And mm-hmm. I'm going to look up my movie's year because I can't remember. 1994? I feel like it's 93. I'm going in a slightly different direction. And you're right, 1994, with the 1994 classic Interview with the Vampire. Yes. Which is also, I know, a Tom Cruise movie. Yes. But Brad Pitt is a huge part in it. And mm-hmm. he actually has top billing on IMDb. So. Brad Pitt does? Yeah. Wow. I thought Tom Cruise would. You would think. Yeah. This movie literally ruined my childhood for like a good year because it scared the shit out of me. Uh-huh. And I watched it too young. So, yeah, that's right. my pick. And I hope you guys pick it because I'm excited to watch it. Come on, guys. It's a good action movie. I don't know that we're ever going to do a lot of Brad Pitt movies because he doesn't do like a lot of comedies or action movies. He does a lot of dramas. And again, he wasn't in a lot of movies that I watched as a kid other than this one, which is not appropriate for a child. (laughs) Uh, For me, Fight Club, which we would never do because I love that movie. And the Oceans movies would be the other ones that I... But like I said, we, we do love Brad. Yes. So... For sure. So definitely check out that poll on Wednesday mm-hmm. uh, and vote for the one you like. Yeah. But just just so you know, guys, my birthday was last week and you guys didn't pick my movie. 
Yeah. It's so rude. They picked the good movie. <laughs> I'm, they're both good. I know. I'm just kidding. Um, also, get over there and uh, check out 88 Miles Per Hour yes podcast check out the crossover that we did and then like i said check out some of their other episodes because they are funny as hell and you will love it thanks for listening and we'll talk to you and you can't talk back next week join the runers club also join the runers club pirates of the caribbean curse of the black pearl friday yeah all right bye bye